Welcome to the Panoramic Outdoors Podcast, connecting you to all things outdoors. Hey everyone, this is Sheldon Grant from Panoramic Outdoors, and this is episode 104. Today's episode is brought to us by Dry Shod Boots. It's the world's most wearable rubber boot. And if you guys haven't checked them out, I would highly recommend going to dryshodcanada.ca and you can find all the boots that they have available. They've got men's, women's, and kids. And not only that, but they have industrial type boots. If you're a lineman, uh, you work in the oil field or wherever you're working, even on the farm or wherever else. They got boots that are rated up to minus 50 that are steel-toed, omega-rated. They're ready to go, ready to go to work. So if you're looking for a new pair of boots for this winter or a pair of rubber boots just in general, go to dryshodcanada.ca. It's dryshodcanada.ca. And by the way, they got free shipping. Anyways, to the main part of the program, my name's Sheldon, like I said earlier, and I got my buddy Chase Drylick across from me uh, through the interweb, not even in person because of COVID rules. Chase, uh, how's it going over there by Winnipeg? Hey, man, not too bad. Just, uh, you know, stocking up the wood pile and uh, staying warm over here. How, how about you? I'm just enjoying a nice cold Corona. Um, haven't had Corona for a while. And I just uh, went to the beer store and I'm like, you know what? I think it's that time. You got to pretend I'm in Mexico because it's getting freaking cold out. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I got the the old Milwaukee light on the go tonight, so... Yeah. So, you know, our intros uh, kind of get a little bit lame, I think, sometimes. So I got a, I got something for you. Here we go. Um, I remember back in, let's say, like our first 50 episodes, we used to do something called, I know Tristan really liked doing this one. It's too bad he's not here for this episode. But uh, what's on the grill, what's on the turntable, and what's on the tap? Yep. So I'm going to ask you those questions. Okay. What's, um, what's on your turntable? Like, what have you been listening to lately? You know what I have been listening to lately? And, no, that's uh, what I'm asking you. <laughs> Good one. Good one, Chase. Um, anyways, uh, I, I've really gotten into like um, some bluegrassy type music. Um, I, I just fire up a bluegrass channel on Spotify, and I know it's not the best way to support artists and all that, but um, sometimes when I'm working or whatever and I just need – to, to focus and have that little escape and, and it, it does help me focus just throwing the earplugs and and throwing a little bluegrass channel and that is the that's what i've been doing lately so yeah what about yourself man i've been really honestly i've been listening to a lot of gord bamford and there's a reason for that um but he's got that new album called diamonds and a whiskey glass and the one song heaven on dirt and it's just uh it's a really kind of like i don't know it's just a really catchy tune but at the same time it's uh Kind of like it's a, a song made for rural Canada, you know, like talking about like coyotes singing. They, they, and I don't know, just it's a really cool song. And I, I've always been a kind of a fan of Gord Bamford. So I've been listening to his stuff uh, a lot more lately. And there's a reason for that. But when, when but, you hear a coyote howl, do you think, oh, that's nice? Or, you, or do you think those motherfuckers? Yeah, I'm thinking like that's death. <laughs> like either they're, they're, either they're killing something or they, should like like i want to kill one of them yeah yeah you know 
Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, every animal deserves a place on this earth, but too many coyotes in one, one specific area can be detrimental to, you know, populations as everyone knows if they're hunters or whatever else. Yeah. I definitely have um, uh, more respect for like, uh, here, listen to some howling wolves and, uh, than a group of coyotes. That's for sure. Yeah. You want to hear a crazy story? Um, speaking of coyotes, I heard this one at deer camp this year or while we're deer hunting, but one of the farmers had like um, a heifer that got stuck in the mud um, by this area where we're hunting. And when we got permissions, I guess he was telling my old man about it, but this heifer got stuck in the mud. And when he was checking cows, he found her still alive with basically her whole hinds eaten. Yikes. Like never got to the vitals or nothing. And that poor, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like nature is crazy and it's, and they, and they don't take favors on anyone. Like, so when you, when I think of coyotes, you know, they're just, they're total savages. And I mean, yeah, they got to eat and they got to, they got to live too, but man, to, to, to do that. And you, and you always see those pictures on, on trail cam, like on the internet and stuff of like that of like coyotes eating pieces of deer and they're still alive running around. It's just like, man, that's like lions in the, in Africa type shit, that's but they're gnar- little coyotes. Gnarly <laughs> stuff, man. Yeah. Um, but speaking of meat, what's, uh, what's on your grill lately? Have you cooked up anything cool? Um, not really anything cool lately, but, uh, what I do have in the process right now that I'm really excited about is, uh, I have a, a whole shoulder from a deer that's in a corning brine. So like to make corn deer pretty much. And I've had it before. I've never made it. I've had it before. Uh, a guy I know used to make it every Christmas and it turns out amazing. So the process is pretty much you just make this corning brine, which is ultimately just like a, it's almost like a pickle brine. Excuse me. And uh, you let it sit in there for like 10 days so we can get through all the meat. And then you simmer the meat until almost right before it starts falling off the bone. You don't want it quite to to where it's falling right off of the bone. So you can't handle it. And then. So, um, so I'm going to stop you for yeah. a few different reasons. Um, so that brine. The shoulder's pretty big. What do you what do you put it in? Just like a cooler or something, and just let it sit at room temperature. Or, or yeah. So I have mine. Uh, it's just it's a shoulder taken off at the the highest knuckle, so it's it fits into like a large roasting pan, and okay. I just have it in the refrigerator. Sits in the refrigerator, but you could do it outside right now in the it? cooler. Yeah, it's well, it's covered in like the top of the roaster or whatever, right? Oh yeah, I've heard like other things like when you do brines and stuff. Some people say like not to cover it to let like the air get into it, but I'm assuming that this one is a little bit different. Um, and then you said you simmer it. So do you simmer it in the brine or do you drain it first and then, or what do you do there? Good question. Uh, there's a couple ways to do it. Um, you don't do it in the brine. You don't simmer it in the brine. So um, what you do is you fill up your container and you fill it up to there until there's about an inch of water over top of your piece of meat. And then you simmer it. And if you want it less salty, you can um, put an added another inch of water on top, or you can do another soak in it of just pure water as well. So, um, but I'm not into that. I'm just gonna roll with it. Great, one inch of water over top. Simmer it for like two to three hours. Like I said, don't get it to that point where it falls off the bone, but just before. And then I take it out, refrigerate it. And the next day, I'm going to smoke it, 
and then serve it hot. What are you going to smoke it on? Just uh, electric? Um, no, I'm probably going to put it in the pit barrel, honestly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, speaking of pit barrel, did you know, Chase, that pit barrel is a big supporter of Panoramic Outdoors? What a, What is this called? A Segway? Those little things you drive on? Yep. Pit barrel barbecues have been a big supporter of Panoramic Outdoors for the last two years. We've been using them all the time as Chase has just been talking about his uh, corn deer leg that he's going to be doing. We do a lot of different meats, and it's wild meat, domestic meat, fruits, vegetables, whatever it may be, and we put it right in the pit barrel. If you're wondering what a pit barrel is, it's an upright barrel system with uh, that. It's like a smoker that uses charcoal or briquettes, and it's one of the best upright barrel systems on the market available in the United States and in Canada. If you want to look into them and get into one, I mean, you need about a $500 bill or less, and you can get into a smoker with all the accessories your briquettes, everything, and you'd be smoking this weekend. Go to pitbarrelcooker.com and uh, check it out. If you're in the United States, it's free shipping. And in Canada, they have a map that shows you everywhere where it's available um, for sale. So check that out, pitbarrelcooker.com. And thank you to Pitbarrel Cookers. Segway back to you. Oh, right on. Here we go. What's on your grill? What's on my grill? I think I mentioned it last time in in the podcast. Um, but when we process our deer, um, in the shop that we process, process it in, we have like a stove there and stuff like a cooking area. So what I like to do all the time is get a good piece of like the back strap. Uh, we do heart sometimes, whatever it may be. And we, you know, cook it up. So the other day I had, um, a, a nice big piece of back strap and I cooked it with, um, um, what did I cook it with some hot mustard and some. Oh man, I can't think of what it was now. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, and cooked it up, um, medium rare, and then served it with some crackers and stuff for the for the boys that were and boys and girls that were cutting up the deer and helping us process it. And it was just like a nice little snack and match out with a ice cold beer. And I mean, it's just like the most simplest meal ever, but it you know it almost like warms the soul. If you, you know, it just came out of that field into your garage hung for a little while and now you're processing it and you're eating it it's pretty cool those are some yeah. of my favorite meals man like right oh, yeah. right in the garage there and it's you know it, it's it's quick and it's dirty and it's but there's something about it that it just it's just the perfect whether it's the perfect environment or whatever but it just tastes amazing yeah and, and i was gonna actually ask you i seen a short video that you uh put together uh when you're i think you're hunting with your old man there and you're cutting up some cheese. What did you guys make for that meal? I just was wondering if you cooked up some meat or what was it? Was it cheese and crackers or what? You know what I didn't. I had intentions of uh, cooking up some deer meat because I had the stove there. Um, but just how, how the day kind of rolled out, um, I still had some hunting to do. So I couldn't kill a whole bunch of time. So we just ended up making some sandwiches and coffee. And right. uh, I was cutting up the cheese with my Leatherman. And... Um, we just, that was, that was a lunch for the day. I had a little bit of video work to do. So it was kind of like a, a little hiatus from the hunt. Dad had just killed his buck, notches tag kind of thing. And, uh, and yeah, we were cutting up some cheese with the Leatherman and, 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 uh, that was lunch kind of thing. So, um, I don't know if you guys carry a Leatherman with you, but, uh, if you don't, it has to be one of the best tools that I carry in my pack everywhere I go. I actually have three Leathermen. Actually, I have four Leathermans right now. Well, don't you have like six Leathermans right now? <laughs> it's, it's adding up. Yeah, I got about actually eight Leathermans. No, six, seven. 
Seven. Yeah. You want to know how many I have? Zero. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> like this, uh, this like partnership in the, or this three-way partnership in the panoramic outdoors thing isn't working out. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm getting the short end of the stick here. <laughs> I just got a closet full of stuff here. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, Leatherman has come on board to be a huge supporter of this podcast as well. So, um, if you guys don't have one, you definitely need one. I, like I said, it's one of the best tools I carry in my pack. And I, every time that I go out and I have it with me, I end up using it, whatever it is for. You, you just find there's so many useful tools on a Leatherman. And they, they not, they're not only making just like the, the regular multi-tools now that you carry on your hip. They're also making multi-tools for your keychain, multi-tools for your pocket, like a daily carry kind of knife with a toolkit on it. And, uh, and they also have like nice little slim, very light um, knives and knives with some tools on them as well. So they're, they're really diversifying their, their lineup from their, their original tool. And uh, they're, if you go over to the website, Leatherman.com, I guarantee you, you're going to find something that will be useful to you. So check them out, Leatherman.com. Just in time for Christmas. If you're looking for that Christmas gift for someone special, there's another idea for you. Yeah, and uh, speaking of tools, we have Josh. Mc... No, I'm just kidding. Um, speaking <laughs> of tools, I wanted to ask you about that that little stove that you carry around with you. What's your your like? What's your relationship with that thing? Like, I mean, it seems like it came out of the World War II, and you're still using it. Every time I go on a little trip with you, you always bring it out, pump it up, and and use it. How come you haven't upgraded? Like, what's the deal with this thing? Yeah, good question, man. Um, I don't know. So, so here's the deal. I, I was kind of reintroduced to to the naphtha stove uh, last fall, I think. Last fall, I think it was. Yeah. So I was at my buddy Chris's place. We were cutting up deer, and uh, we pretty much just had a steady liver fry going on all night. We we ate between four of us there. We ate an entire deer liver with all the fixings, like we had bacon frying and mushroom or onions and uh we're just all night we're just crushing deer meat and deer liver and uh it was an awesome night and and he he, he kind of said to me he's like oh man my old man always used to carry one of these in the back of the truck with us when we were hunting and if we got a deer there was something hot on the grill and uh i was just like yeah that's that's an awesome idea and tristan had had bought one of these these uh coleman stoves um I don't know how many years it was like sitting, taking up shop space. Nobody's using it. So I was like, I got a free stove here that I could use pretty much. I think Tristan paid like five or 10 bucks for it at a garage sale. So I asked him, I was like, can I like start using this thing? He said, yeah, go for it. So I just figured, you know, I want to start really incorporating the food aspect um, into my adventures as much as I can without as much as I can without taking away from like the success of my adventures kind of thing, if that makes sense. So, um, I've been putting that into use. I've really just been trying to learn how to use it really well. Cause there's a, it, it gets a little finicky. We've had some people kind of chime in and give us some hot tips and tricks on, on what to do. Some things have failed on the stove. Some have to use the Leatherman to fix some things on the stove, but it's, it's become, uh, one of those essential items that, I throw in my truck everywhere I go kind of thing just because right. a, I think adding a hot meal to an adventure, if you can just steps up that adventure so much more, you know, as opposed mm-hmm. to we eat a lot of cold sandwiches and, uh, you know, 
especially when you're deer hunting, we're cold a lot of the day. And and that's fine too. Lots of people tough it out. We toughed it out like that for years. But I, th- I think like for the amount of space this thing takes up, I can toss it in the back of my truck. And, uh, um, you know, if I have the opportunity to, to make something happen, I will. Yeah. Yeah, it's super cool. And um, how come you haven't switched to like propane though? Like why do you just keep using this old relic of a stove? Um, cause I'd have to buy a propane stove <laughs> and I don't want to spend right. a couple hundred bucks on a, on a good one. And, uh, I really just wanted to use it. And there's, there's some, uh, there's definitely some, um, oh geez, I'm, I'm missing the word right now. Uh, uh, geez. Nostalgia. Nostalgia. That's it. About, about using an old soul that's like a that. first that's a first of me coming up with a word that you can't remember <laughs> it's the other way around yeah that nostalgia is kind of nice and um i don't know it's neat man it's kind of neat do you ever do you ever think of like maybe getting a jet boil or something i have thought about that yeah yeah and uh i think the jet boil is is definitely a very useful tool but i think um this is more practical for me because i can put a cast yeah. iron pan on there i don't have to worry about it falling over um lots of the ventures i go on i got my kids roaming around so just imagine having a jet boil tip over on one of them with a full pot of water or something like that yeah so i've always i've always thought of a jet boil just for the fact of like um i mean i haven't spent a lot of time but the times i have gone moose hunting and you're spending hours in the cold mm-hmm. like i always think of frick man it'd be nice just to boil up a quick cup of coffee oh, nice yeah. hot coffee but i mean you're and at the same time you're hunting like with uh scents and everything else and i always think about it in the deer stand too you know we have a couple of those like box blinds and i always think man it'd be nice just to boil up a nice hot cup of coffee in this blind right now since i'm gonna be here for the next four hours or whatever but yeah yeah definitely. i've never i never put that into my my game plan but maybe someday yeah i actually got uh without spoiling this here we got some some pretty cool products that might be featured on our instagram coming out here pretty soon um speaking about hot coffee in remote places so um i'm not sure if uh if i told you about this yet but um <laughs> talk uh, about partnership again <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, it's not a huge deal but it's a pretty cool product that we're going to be trying out here are you talking about our coffee cups that are in the store you know what that's a great segue on the topic this, of this great segues should, should be called segue the segue episode um yeah that's news we got uh we got our camp two two of our the best selling camp cups that uh that we had out previously in the year here we got back in stock just in time for christmas so if you're looking for a stocking stuff for for someone special or uh you know you're looking for toss something extra under the tree whatever it might be you know we got the tin enamel cups um 15 ounces they're great for around the campfire i toss i got a couple sitting in my cook kit that roams around in the truck with me so you know you've you got have, some of these have something hot have something cold i i have all the prototypes that like didn't work out not all right. of them i give some to you too so do you know how many i have one well <laughs> i'm just kidding but no i i love my cup and i actually use it daily like it's not even in a camp like uh it's not in my camping gear it's not in my hunting gear it's, it's like in my kitchen because yeah i don't know i think it looks cool wow but yeah coffee um, cups are, I, I love them i also have two in my kitchen <laughs> yeah of course you do <laughs> benefits 
Um, but yeah, last and my last question, I guess, is uh, we did turntable, we did what's on the grill, what's on what's on tap. You got anything uh, you've been drinking lately? Or I know there's a big Christmas party coming up. You're probably going to. Is there anything that you're going to da- bring and dabble into it, or what? You know what? Nothing. Nothing really special. Jeez, um, I wish I could could have a, a really solid answer for you on this, but um, life's been pretty busy last little bit so it's it's more like sneaking the odd beer in after supper or uh having a glass of wine with supper so um I, i've really been enjoying just having a glass of wine with supper that's about it yeah lately what about I, yourself i don't know like at uh during deer hunting we did a little bit of like those like creamy like liqueurs kind of idea yeah yeah you know like like yeah. a bailey's almost yeah yeah or like um, baja rosa, baja rosa. Yeah. yeah so like the ones we tried this year were um it was like that moon you know those moonshine tins that you can get at the lc yeah yeah um and this one was called like mocha and something and it was freaking good man like you have a couple shots of them when you're cold when you get in from sitting for four hours <laughs> have a shot of that fucking warmed you right up and then we had this other one that was called uh julie's or something and it was like very similar to baja rosa and it was really good so i'm like thinking like when it comes to christmas i think i'm gonna go and buy a couple of these yeah, yeah. get in your coffee or you know when you're celebrating just have a little shot yeah totally yeah. get in the festive season yeah exactly anyway back to the normal program of panoramic outdoors podcast we've got a great guest coming on to our show josh mcfadden if you haven't seen him before you should check him out on instagram uh, facebook youtube he's basically on any social media outlet that you can find josh mcfads or josh mcfadden i don't even know what his handle is on instagram i think it's josh mcfads could be wrong check him out he's gonna be here right next So on today's episode, we've got a returning guest, probably like four or five, nah, four times now. I think this is going to be his fourth time being on the show, being on our podcast. Um, you've probably seen him in some of our social media stuff. And obviously, if you're on social media, you've probably seen his stuff. But welcome to the show, Mr. Josh McFadden. Round of applause. Everyone cheers. <laughs> How's it going today? It looks like uh, you're in your uh, little office there, ready to do some talking or what? Yeah, I'm in my talking space right now. Hello, everybody. Perfect. And how we start off, and I don't know if you've ever listened to one of our podcasts, we usually start off with the five burning questions. I think we've done this with yep. you before. So what I will do is I got three, Chase has got two, um, but my first one is normally it's like, what was your last meal? But I'm going to change this up a little bit. And if you had to have one last bowl of soup, what kind of soup would you have? Oh, my gosh. Winner. These are always really hard. I remember these always being real difficult for me and you guys being upset because it's supposed to be like a real rapid response, right? Yeah, it usually takes an hour with you, so. Yeah, okay. So um, do I give an explanation like I would typically would or do you want me to just keep it, <laughs> you, keep it you simple? Can do whatever, you can do whatever you want, man. All right. Um, I'm on the fence between two and the first one would be a real nice like ramen like a like a good bone broth ramen with some pork belly and kimchi and all that kind of good business going on um that yeah some some spicy that would make my head sweat and then 
the other real awesome soup that I love, there's a lot of real good soups out there, but um, I'm a big chowder fan. So some sort of fish or seafood chowder loaded up with corn and all the good stuff. That's yeah. Top of the list. I am just going to butt in and tell you a quick story. When I was out working in blood vein, I stayed at a place called shining falls. Uh, It's a lodge, a fishing lodge shout out to shining falls, but he had, they made uh, a walleye chowder and it was probably one of the best ones I ever had. Unreal. So good. Yeah. Second, second question. I'm going to call this a hundred thousand dollars question, but if a hundred thousand dollars flew out of the sky and landed in on your lap, what would you go and buy first thing? Like one item? Well, whatever. Like, have fun with it. It's your fun money. Hmm. Man, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I'm... <laughs> wow. I just... I literally have, like, nothing that I want to, like, just go out there and buy. Because I'm not a greedy man. And um, what would I just buy? Like, for just just buy something for the heck of it? Yeah, it's a hundred grand that you can't... You can't invest. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's just a hundred grand. It fell fell to the sky. Yeah, I think, I think I would... I'd set myself up with an experience where I could probably like, I would say like an old truck and a camper big enough to throw the whole family in. And that camper would have a hitch on the back of it. That would probably tow either a couple snowmobiles or dirt bikes or an ATV and a dirt bike, something like that, that would get us out into the woods and uh, be a real quick getaway. Um, Yeah, that's it. Nice. It's kind of crazy because hundred grand really doesn't go that far anymore. No, it doesn't. Yeah, like the the real answer. Go buy a cabin. Yeah, no. The real answer would be maybe put a down payment on a cabin or a property (laughs) or something like that. But um, or buy Jay out of Catch and Cook so I could be free of that man. But uh, (laughs) never. (laughs) Yeah, no. I think I think uh, yeah. I'd buy I'd buy an experience for sure. My third question is actually about Catch Cook, and I don't know if you can even answer this, but was there anything that was like the runner up to the name catch and cook? Like, was there something crazy like um, Josh and Jay's powdered experience or like, well, we, we didn't even um, entertain any of the stupid options. And I think we, uh, I say stupid in a nice way, but um, there's, yeah, there's the classic, like, yeah, uncle Jay and Josh's cousin, Josh's (laughs) meat coating or something. Right. But um yeah, those are all a little cheesy, and we wanted something that was catchy, no pun intended. And um, Catch and Cook just, it, it sort of popped up quickly, like early on in um, in the brainstorming for the names, and it just made sense with how pop the term Catch and Cook is. So we yeah. were surprised it was available, um, and uh, that was it. Yeah, it was a pretty, it was, I think it was a pretty painless, quick process. Nice. So my turn now? Yeah, it's your shit now. All right. Yeah. I'm only supposed to do two, but actually I got three now. So, um, yeah, I got, I, I figured, thought of one more that I can pass up. So, uh, this one could be pretty simple, but, uh, campfires or wood stoves? Campfires. Nice. Nice. Okay. Reasoning. Now oh, you want reasoning uh, though? We're trying to make this short. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to be quick. The first time I've ever been able to just give an answer. Um, <laughs> campfires could be really i guess anything and based on the fact that i'm currently building a series called fed by fire uh, i know a wood stove is also a fire but being able to have access to that open flame um i i think there's more that comes from it you get a little more ambiance you get more control it's not just like a flat steel surface that you can leverage it's it's kind of the whole thing so Mm -hmm. i like that nice um 
kick off to this question. What is your favorite wood to cook over? So I could say a lot of different things um, based on like heat and control and coals and all of that. Like hardwoods are great for those types of things. And softwoods are obviously like hot quick. Um, But nostalgia wise, uh, I spent a lot of time growing up and hunting and, you know, foraging in the sandy lands. And there's a lot of pine and spruce and those fires that we would have outside in the fire pit or in the wood stove um that the 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 aroma is burned in my brain it's burned in my mind and i can smell a fire with wood from that area from a mile away and it just brings back everything that i know uh about about the outdoors and that's that's the probably yeah that would be the one for me and i've used that stuff to cook with and um i used to run a an offset smoker and grill and and charcoal grill that I would put that wood in and cook over that. And it's just, it's just something special. That's, that's mm-hmm. where most of my fire cooking experience, um, you know, developed and it, it grew over those flames. And that's definitely, yeah, that's like a pine or a spruce, something like that. Mm-hmm. I can definitely connect to that level. There's something like deeply emotional that happens when you're walking down the sidewalk and you smell or like in the woods and you get that, that, uh, smell from like a pine or a spruce fire yeah and i love that it's the overlooked one like nobody is going to say oh i love cooking over spruce and pine because the flame is so good it's sappy it's sooty it makes all your pots and pans black and it burns quick it's inconsistent um but it's the underdog and i'm i'm for it <laughs> nice uh, okay last question for me um and this is kind of like a, a tricky one so What's your favorite inspirational YouTube channel? And uh, you can't say like Jay's channel. <laughs> for, the brown, for the brownie points. Yeah. You can't say Jay's and you can't say Meat Eater. Oh, man. Oh, honestly, the, the YouTube side of things, I go there not a ton for outdoor stuff. Um, I land there often for other reasons, like whether it's educational stuff or just a good old laugh and the other the other part of it is just looking at what people are doing and looking at the program that they have as far as monetization and building an audience and all of that so i admire those types of tricks and often it's like a comedy channel or uh, yes like I, i go there for a lot of laughs so if there was one channel it's really tough to say um yeah, that's that's tough to say. Like in the outdoor space, I really do appreciate uh, Joe Robinette. Like he's got the bushcraft thing, another Canadian boy, and I feel like there's somewhat of a lack of conversation maybe on his channel with the camera, and that's fine. It's his personality, and I I really like the fact that you're more drawn into the experience that way too. He's not a big big talker and a fluffy kind of guy. It's just it is what it is. It's straight to the point. And uh, I really, I really admire that actually. And the fact that you can take a, an episode um, or video and post it on YouTube, that's over an hour long and get a million or two or three, you know, views on it. That's, that's a pretty, um, that's a pretty tough thing to do. And he's been able to do that by captivating a wide audience of people who just want to dive into that world. And I think he does it in a really cool way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd agree with you there. I, I've watched quite a bit of Joe's stuff and 
not only that, but like his video works actually fairly good. And the amount of like video he's actually put together probably takes him. I don't know if it does take him forever to edit, but there's a lot of content there in one of his episodes. That's pretty well done in my opinion. And he's not, he's not doing the whole clickbait thing either. Right. He's just no. showing you what he's doing. He's not going on an adventure and talking about how he shot 10 squirrels and putting that in the thumbnail. Right. It's usually a lot more humble and low key. And, and that I really, really like. Yeah, absolutely. Right on. Well, you made it through the six burning questions. Um, does anybody guys, ever, ever that's turn like the record questions? Time. Yeah. Does anyone ever turn the questions around on you guys and ask? I think the odd time. The odd time. Yeah. We're not that interesting. People don't really, really care if we get to know us. That's <laughs> yeah, why we get true. sweet guests like you. Yeah. Super true. I can, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the reason why we did want to have you on is because you got a lot of stuff, a lot of, uh, let's say food on your plate right now. When it comes to um, like catch and cook, with a couple of things we already kind of mentioned in the fiber and questions, but catch and cook, uh, fed by fire, obviously your social media, Instagram, um, YouTube. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I wanted to start off is the whole catch and cook. It seems to be um, a great product. Like we use it all the time. Do you want to maybe just run through quickly, like how, and if you want, or I don't know if it's something you even want to talk about, but about how catch and cook kind of came into fruition and what happened between you and Jay and the conversation where it's at now. Yeah, I feel like it's been touched on a couple times on Jay's YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, no, I think I, I think it'd be great to talk about it. So the first time we chatted about it was sitting on Lions Lake around a sight fishing hole, trying to catch trout and film a video. And um, we were just shooting the breeze. This was, I think, three years ago now. And... I was doing something else. Jay was doing the Jay thing and he was, you know, newer in the YouTube space. And we were talking about monetization at that time and marketing and all of those things. And he thought, man, it'd be real sweet to have something that I could sell to my audience that isn't, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like merchandise. It's not, he's, he didn't, didn't want to get in the merch game and sell hoodies and hats and all that stuff. And what could that possibly be? And he had said that he had thought maybe, a coating of some sort would be kind of cool. And for a long time, actually not even for a long time, at the same time, uh, I had been working on a little spice exercise on my end. So I bought a bunch of spices and was mixing some things together. And my plan was to launch a spice company called Grit. Um, and I had like a cool kind of like application play with that as well. And I knew that starting a spice business was a pretty quick and easy little business exercise and startup. Um, so I was curious about that. And so we got talking and we thought, man, that could almost, you know, overlap a little bit and be the same thing. And I had also had a coating, which is what you get in the bags of catch and cook today um, that I had been using and making for a long time. And it was never all that consistent, which is most of my cooking. It was different every time, but had the same main ingredients i you know like to use a really good quality flour and cornmeal it had to be the right grind on the cornmeal and throwing all the spices and everything in there um i always got really good reviews when i made that for other people and had little cookouts and and stuff and then um yeah we we just that, that that's when the wheels started really turning and then we were talking about names at that same time and i feel like we may have even landed on a name that day um or within a, a, a few short days to follow. Uh, so, so it did happen quite quickly. And we started moving forward on the conversation. 
it sat for a little while, but at one point we just decided, Hey, let's, let's go for this thing. Let's get the domain. Let's uh, get the social media accounts and whatnot and start a little YouTube channel. If we're going to post on there or not, we just want things to be locked up. And that was kind of it. The rest was somewhat history. We had to jump through a lot of hoops um, to turn this into the, you know, kind of business that we wanted. We didn't want to be hands-on with actually filling bags and mailing them because we're not good at those types of tasks. Um, we wanted to find some partners, some really great partners in that space for that. And we did, and, um, we're able to get product, you know, stocked and in a warehouse and sent out to customers quickly. There's a few little, you know, hiccups along the way, but I think that's any business. And we just wanted to focus on the promotional side of things and get people excited about food and being outside. And I think we do a decent job of that. And this has been a really great year one for us. And we had set a goal early on in the year and we, you know, passed that a long time ago and it's been going really, really well. And we're excited to just take it into the new year and start getting it across the border into retailers and uh, making sure that all of our ducks in a row, uh, ducks are in a row for that and just keep going. Like who knows the sky is kind of the limit with it um, at this point and uh, we're having fun with it. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the start to finish. Yeah. Speaking of ducks, that's the kind of cool thing about the catch and cook uh, coating itself is that it really isn't just a fish batter, which is, I, I think it's really nice. Like we've done chase and I've done like zucchini. I know chase done a lot with it, but I think chase made some zucchini for us. One time we had breaded um, elk backstrap one night. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a universal package, which I mean, it probably sells itself, but anyone that's listening, have, haven't tried it, you can buy it and then use it for basically anything in your kitchen rather than buying you know, your $10 fish batter bag and only use it for fish. So really, I really enjoy that part of it. You can use it basically anywhere. Yeah. And for me with my cooking background, it had to be something that wasn't just a fish coating. We needed to at least inform people that this is a product that can be used on a multitude of different proteins and, and, you know, vegetables and, and all of that stuff and anything that you can coat and bake or stick in the oven. We've been doing at the house here with the kids a lot in the air fryer with it. And it's one of our favorite meals to eat around the house is whether it's chicken breast fingers or chicken drumsticks. And you don't, with the air fry, it's pretty sweet because you don't have that um, kind of greasy feeling when you're done eating. You can't necessarily eat that all the time. And that's one of the reasons too why we came up with the spices and offer that as well because, you know, you have to be somewhat health conscious in this whole game. And uh, the fried food is awesome and it's a really great coating for all kinds of meats, but there's there's a ton of applications for it. And if you don't want to have fried food, spices work really great to coat a piece of meat and throw it in the pan or throw it on the barbecue or over the flame. And yeah. I think a really good uh, example of the the multitude of applications that you can use the, the coatings on as well is um, watching yours and Jay's Instagram the other day when you guys were out fishing and you guys had like mushrooms deep frying with uh with the beer batter cash and cook and you had yeah. sauger in there you had uh i can't remember what else you had but you had shrimp. a little yeah shrimp you guys had a little uh order going there <laughs> yeah well it was super funny because you'll see that on jay's video that uh it'll probably be out when this podcast is out um but it was the first time that i've brought shrimp to the red river and not used it as bait um <laughs> 
and uh and it was delightful we we put them on skewers dipped them in the new beer batter that we just came out with and fried it right in the shack and yeah it was amazing like beer batter on whole mushrooms on a skewer just dipped in that hot oil with that crunchy coating it's unbelievable so good so good how good so good mega so yeah so yeah and then so like you and jay are obviously partners in catch and cook and now it's to the point where you guys got a couple different batters maybe you can fill me in and a bunch of different spices and uh even like a knife that kind of comes in a little bundle you can get what's that about like why why did you decide that you know we made this one good product let's keep on building like is that kind of the plan is that the business plan is to keep coming out with with newer better stuff or or what is what's that all about yeah i think you know being able to diversify the lineup for us is just more um it keeps the excitement going for us and for the customer base it's a great offering for uh the retailers that we have the retailers want a full kind of lineup rather than one product sitting on the shelves um so that's really great it allows us to have more opportunities in the retail space and yeah it's just being able to flex that a little bit you know as long as there's some stuff in the background and development going on with new products while we're pushing the products that we have um it just keeps keeps the creative wheels spinning and and that's that's the big part of it right having a having an offering is is great um i think our original coding will be around for a long time and we'll have other special features there's one special feature that we've been working on for quite a while now that we couldn't quite get right but we're still working on it and uh sometime in 2022 we'll have that available um but uh yeah we'll have another product coming out at some point um early to mid 2022 and yeah. And then spices, spices, again, just seemed like a perfect product. Once we had a couple of coatings, our first original, and then the flame spicy, uh, then we came out with the spices. We'll probably add some more spices to that list. Um, you know, again, early to mid 2022 as well. And the knife was something that we had toyed with for a little while and just went for it. We wanted to find a knife that was, um, you know, that we could bring out, bring out to, the fishing and hunting community that was a folding knife had that kind of traditional feel with the wood handle and could be used for not just cleaning fish, but boning deer. I, I boned three deer deboned. <laughs> I deboned three deer with mine this, uh, this season. And it's, it, it was beautiful. And it felt so good using your own product, like using my own product, doing it, but um, it just kept its edge so well and just really proud of, of that, product the usability how easy it is to handle and i can close it up and put it in my pocket which is awesome yeah that's an awesome feature i, I feel like i i like the the versatility of the of the fillet knife and and uh like you said I, i've used my like rapala fillet knife for bone and deer and, and all kinds of stuff and i i love the fact that now you guys offer a, a folding knife that a can actually like fit in the bottom of a tackle box or in your tackle yeah. bag or your, like you said, just your pocket, which is awesome. Yeah. And with Jay too, and I've had this happen numerous times, but losing the sheath mm-hmm. on a knife and not yeah. knowing where it is and having to put it somewhere, it's not only dangerous, but like, how do you put that in a backpack now? Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. with the folding knife, it just makes, makes the most sense. You can always have it in your pack. I've had it in my pack. Like the first one I got, I've had it in my pack ever since I got it and it comes everywhere I go. I could put it in my camera bag and that's, that's real handy. I mean, it sounds ridiculous because we're talking about a folding knife, but finding a folding knife uh, in the, 
filleting knife space is actually difficult. Um, and finding a knife that can actually, uh, you know, stand up to cutting through deer meat while it's hanging in the garage too, is, is also difficult. So it, 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 to me, it's pretty perfect. Yeah. Um, quick question. It's a funny word for me, but is it fillet or fillet? Chase, you can even answer this if you want, because it's, because it's like, I call it a filleting knife. Some people, and then is it a fish fillet or? Well, I think fillet, filleting knife, um, doesn't roll off the tongue as well as filleting knife. So I think filleting knife is, is easier to say. And I think said more commonly like fillet, fillet knife. I don't know many people that say that, but when you say the fish fillet, right. Once you pull that meat off, I don't think I say fillets as often as I say fillet when I'm talking about the meat product, but I'm yeah, talking I'm, about the knife. I always talk fillet. Like I never say fillet. Cause I think, I don't know if I'm right or wrong. Yeah. I think we're all wrong. I'm uh yeah. I'm googling this right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but carrying on here too, um, I want to talk about um, fed by fire. But before I go to that, I was kind of scrolling through the internet, and I seen on the meat eater that you had some article on there. Is that true? That is correct. What's that all about? I tell me tell me about it. You're smiling like let's let's talk about it. I don't know anything about it. Uh, well, there's an article on the meat eater um, website as you just mentioned and it's written by me and like how does that all come together like did you just like submit it like if somebody was like a good writer and wanted to write something did they just submit something to the meat eater or like did you have something kind of brewing or what what was going on there yeah so there's a there's a fella real nice fella at uh meat eater there his name is spencer and um we've been chit-chatting for a while and he had seen this alternative use not even alternative i don't think too many people use deer deer fat whitetail fat for much and um that's sort of the theme of the article is what can whitetail fat be used for in the spirit of using as much of the animal as possible and nobody wants to eat that stuff so when i was a kid we used to render it down and pour it into molds with bird seed and leave that out as suet blocks for the birds keep them cozy and warm all winter long and they have something to pick at. And the squirrels obviously like to gorge on them too. So, uh, and, and the one, one of them fell out of a tree in my backyard and my dog got at it. That was a little bit of an experience, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, just something that was unique. So I, I, I hadn't done that in a long time and I had all this fat that I had collected and I wanted to do that. Um, I've been rendering a lot of fat in the past few years and I had just done a bison, uh, maybe about a month ago and that fat's so so buttery soft uh, it can't really be used um, it doesn't solidify as, as hard as you'd want it to to use it as like a suet block so the deer fat works perfectly for that so I wanted to do that did do it with my kids and just took a few photos posted briefly about it my stories he had seen that and reached out and asked if I'd be open to writing a bit of a instructional with a story take some photos and, and send them his way. And I did that. So nice. it landed on, landed on the front page of their website. And it feels, I've mentioned it a couple times now. Um, when you're doing stuff in the outdoor media space every day, um, doing something that lands on a larger network and is seen by a larger audience, it just feels the same, right? Like you just did something that you would normally do and put it out there. And then when you actually sit back and think about it, and my name is on that website, right beside you know a picture of Stephen Ranella and 
once that settles in, it feels pretty cool. So I don't like to wave a large banner um, around things that I'm doing, but but um, I think it's a pretty cool little feather in the cap. And yeah. I mean, it's it's one little article that I wrote about deer fat, like and and bird seed. It's not uh, the best um, you know recipe I've ever come up with or anything like that. But I love learning new ways to um, you know it's just diversification in the outdoor space and. And I think if I could share that with other people and uh, I've had some great feedback on that already um, where folks have thought it was a really cool idea or they had already tried it and that, that just feels good. Right. If, if yeah. you can share something with somebody and they can take, take something away from that and um, learn something new, that's, that's what I love. So that, that, that part feels pretty cool. I used to, yeah. uh, well, I still do kind of it, just like take the excess deer fat and just like hang it in a tree for the birds. Yeah. But that's like a little more barbaric than uh, actually making it, melting it down and making something pretty out of it that you could literally hang in, in your front yard and no one would know the difference. Yeah. Like some of these, some of the ones I made were in these cute little cake molds, right? So they look like there's beautiful cupcakes hanging in the tree. And I had also had a few strips of just raw fat that I threw in some of the trees in the backyard. And just yesterday I saw one of those little redheaded woodpeckers pecking away at it. And I thought that was pretty special too. It's just like, yeah, I did something good for nature today, you know? Yeah. Makes the chap feel good about himself. <laughs> the worst part about hanging like the the bigger pieces of fat when I was living back in the country is like it would, it would uh, attract all the magpies and crows if you hung a big enough piece in oh, there. Oh, this is the this is the craziest part is I'm within well within city limits here and I have had for the past few weeks my dogs have been going crazy for what? Like every time the dogs get out the backyard they know there's something that's going to be there that's exciting and new to them. <laughs> um I've had a lot of ravens like woken up to ravens just like perched on the old mountain ash tree out there and uh crows squirrels rabbits have been around like crazy i don't know if that's normal um there have been some raccoon prints around um the other night i got home from a fishing trip and an owl flew out of the backyard and across the street over my head and landed in a giant pine tree across the street and i thought that that must have had something to do with all of the critters that are hanging out in the backyard now so that's that's cool i love that it's um if, if you can't be deep in the country, you may as well bring the country to you and yeah. upset all your neighbors. That's awesome. Your, your, your city yard is now like uh, the Serengeti of, of Oh, it is. Yeah. Like, it's just like Dr. Doolittle moved in next door. My neighbors probably hate it. And they, they're probably wondering where all this extra animal traffic is coming from. And if they knock on my door asking, I'll just blame it on the other guy. Yeah, exactly. Right on. Um, yeah. Speaking of like that white tail fat and stuff, it was, it's kind of funny because, well, a few things, but it, this year we we're cutting up a couple deer and um, we're all, there's a bunch of us together and I, we we're throwing it in like the bag of scraps that were like basically going to the, you know, going to where we weren't using them, the scrap bag. And I was just like, man, there's so much fat on this one deer. Like too bad we can do something with it. But it's kind of cool to know that there is, you know, the odd thing you can do with it. I know that when I was younger, my dad used to like keep that fat on his steaks and you know, you'd eat one of those steaks and you get that on, it'd be stuck on the roof of your mouth for three days. So, yeah, um, it's just so waxy that oh yeah, it's tough. It's tough to eat. And again, same thing with me, right? Like you feel guilty that you can't use it for something. 
but if you can pay it forward and and help nature out in another way it's uh i think it's a it's a good thing yeah and the other thing i was gonna point out too is that i think it's just super cool that uh you know there's something by you uh on the mediator website and all that stuff like it's just almost like a little manitoba connection you know it's it's pretty good so congratulations on that um but moving forward on to uh fed, fed by fire I don't know much about it. I don't know if Chase does either. And I, it almost seems like it's one of these um, platforms that is on Instagram and on other things, but we really don't know who's behind it and what's going on and what's the purpose of it. Um, and I thought that'd be a good talking point tonight to maybe go through what fed by fire is and what it's supposed to be. Yeah. So fed by fire is a bit of a creative exercise between myself and some friends. Um, and one of my longest friends in my life his name is ian he runs a company a media production company called mast and he and his um lead videographer his name is caleb uh they're amazing creatives and really really good guys to work with i mean it's hard in the outdoor space to find um to find a single videographer that can dwell outside um, I've dealt with this in the past where you're doing an outdoor shoot and the videographer is the least experienced guy and his hands are cold or he's never been close to a bear before or paint any scenario. And Caleb is, is, uh, steadfast, reliable human being. And it doesn't matter if it's pouring rain or snow's piling up on the back of his hood, he's standing there and he's getting the shot. Uh, and he also happens to be the most phenomenal editor that uh, I've ever come across. And he's just a skilled craftsman in the space. And um, creatively, we all just seem to work really, really well together. And the moment came about, I can't, I don't know when it was, maybe about a year ago or so. And we thought, man, we just have to put all of this together. And for me as well, I'm kind of a I work in the service industry in the, in the outdoor space and the creative space and don't do a ton for myself as far as creating like Josh content um, around kind of like all the crazy weird things that I do all the time. And it was just, uh, yeah, we wanted to focus on that, focus on some of the more unique stuff that, that I do. And I really like doing things that I know not many people have done before whether it's cooking something in a certain way and it may not be that special or that unique, but it's just different. And I really like that. And I like activities like that too. So we thought, why don't we just focus on that stuff and create a really cool cinematic experience around some of these adventures and some of this weird knowledge base that I have that's been passed on to me from, you know, my grandpa and my dad and other people that I've just curiously um, followed around and learned from and uh and compiled all of these crazy experiences and and um and yeah just just creating a visual product around that so that visual product is photos but it's also a series and um we've got a few a few episodes in that series filmed and they're out there now so what you see on sorry they're not out there to the public now but what you see let me jump back to the social media end of things and um the social media side that you see is a little window into the behind the scenes of some of those adventures. Our YouTube channel is more so focused on unique recipes and short form stuff, um, but also done in a creative and cinematic way. 
And then the episodes are longer format and um, really kind of paint a cool story around a very specific dish. But the the dish starts from the acquisition of the ingredients, um, whether it's, you know, a wild animal or a plant. And that's that's the starting point. And the end result is the the dish that is all of the things and all of the days kind of put together into one final product. And, and you get to sort of sit there and watch the whole story. So episodes have been made um, and they'll be available for people to watch sometime soon. Um, there's a few question marks just based on um, you know, where it's going to land and, uh, if it's just a YouTube play or something bigger than that. But, uh, what I've seen, um, from our finished product so far is ridiculous. Like it's, it's a humbling experience to have somebody want to tell your story a little bit. And like, I'm, I'm the guy, I'm the host and we bring other people into it that show me, um, how to do certain things, or I show them how to do certain things. And uh, we really lean on those guests in a way uh, as far as adding a little bit of flavor to the episodes um, and, and allowing the audience to learn something from those people as well. And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's it, man. It's a, it's a, it's a cool series. It's based on acquiring your food in a wild space and cooking something you typically would not see cooked over a fire and going through the struggle of, either slow cooking something over flame and manage, managing that over the course of a day and making sure that the temperatures are correct or just doing something that's kind of uh chefy in um a really unique wild wild location where we acquired ingredients right there and made the whole set and cooked food in in the same place that we found the ingredients i think it's an awesome idea um I've watched, I think I've watched everything you, you have out on YouTube now. I got I got to go back and check and maybe I'll watch it again. But um, <clears throat> I always love how uh, just like watching kind of wild cooking and more the raw side of things. And and you guys do a really good job of, of making like a, a cinematic experience out of, out of the whole event from what I've seen. And I, I haven't seen the, the episodes yet and I'm looking forward to that. Um, but there's, I always have this question in my mind, like, like, why, why am I so attracted to this beyond the fact that like, I'm, I'm super outdoorsy, but like, but even like the, the whole fire side of things, like I could sit by my fireplace and just watch flames for hours and be sure, satis yeah. satisfied with that. And I think about it and, and it's like, there's something more primal there that represents a, you have heat for survival, which is what in my mind fire represents and you have something to, to cook on which usually means you have something to cook as well and you're That's adding right. the 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 in ingredient in there something to cook and it's uh i don't know it's kind of hitting on like everything that i'm interested in even on like a subliminal level i think i'm more interested than i actually think i am you know what i mean right right yeah totally it's it's one of those things too like the whole the, the name of it, it took us a while to, you know, come up with the name of the brand and whatnot and, and the series. And it, it really is like, not only are we cooking over the fire, just the basic fed by fire type of thing. Right. Um, I think the fire is, you know, just represents equality in a way. And in our show Sizzler, we identify that, that everybody's equal around the campfire, right? And we've heard that before. And uh, it's just, it's true. It's it's a place where um, people gather and 
people grow and people, you know, they're, they're cooking food over it and feeding themselves. And it feeds, feeds definitely on the spiritual level as much as it feeds on um, the physical. A couple of things that I need to, <clears throat> well, a couple of follow-up comments and a follow-up question, I think as well, but like um, to kind of echo what Chase was saying, like the things that, I, that, that I get very surprised with your content and I'm very excited to see what fed by fire is all going to be about when it comes out on video, which way, whichever way it is, but it almost seems like you bring in new ways or not even new ways, but even like the old ways that people forgot about um, when it comes to cooking, like different types of fish or like drum or um, like just whatever. Right. And you're bringing these things in where like, we've talked about this, where like kind of walleye is kind of vanilla and you want to try different things and bring in this and bring in that. And I think that goes a long way because um, one of the first cookouts that I ever been with you, uh, you did bear ribs and that was the first time I read bear ribs, but now I'm like, man, I got to eat bear ribs again. Like now bears almost like almost on the, my list of things I want to pursue in the, in the future, yeah. just so I could eat bear ribs again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, that being said, I mean, I, I was also there helping you film. So I could just imagine you being a host of fed by fire and the diva you are that you're yelling at everyone to get super tight tights and you know, all the great shots. So. Hey man, you know what the part of this, you know, the creative team is that, uh, the team's got it pretty easy, you know, they, like their job's very difficult in the sense that they have to capture stuff. But, um, when you have somebody not saying that you're, you're not that somebody there, Sheldon, I don't want you to feel like I'm talking down on you here, but in that sort of sense, and in most of the stuff that I do, I'm kind of the director in a sense too, where I have this vision of, you know, what I want to capture and whatnot. And if somebody else is holding a camera, it's like, Hey, get in here and get this right. Um, part of the beauty of having somebody there that wants to create their own visual product as well. That isn't my experience, right? It's they're a fly on the wall. They get to do whatever they want with it. And um, they're so creative when it comes down to even, you know, the pre preparation. We, we just talked about this the other day in a meeting, but the preparation of the space and the aesthetics and what that all looks like visually on the camera side, I can't see that. Um, I have a really good idea of what it may look like, but if something's out of place or there's, you know, a bag sitting by my knee or something, that's just how I am. I have my supplies here and I set up my scene and I just want to go and get it over with. Um, but they're able to look at that from an artistic value and say, Hey, this is cool. But if we wait an hour and the sun's here and that shadow's doing this and I can see the water in the background and the flames are kissing that tree, that's off in the distance, whatever that might be, they can add that, um, you know, value and that creative to the project. And it just makes it that much better. Like it's, it's multiple minds creating one thing, which I love, you know, collaborative efforts, but sometimes when it's creative like that, it's tough, you know, like there aren't a lot of artists that work in tandem with others um, because it's their dream. It's their vision. Um, but this whole thing is just unique to me in the sense that we're able to create something as a team and it comes out awesome. Like my, my, um i'm just a small piece of of the overall puzzle and they're able to put the story together and the visuals together in a unique way that when i look back at these episodes that are finalized and edited it's not what i envisioned at all because i really didn't have an idea of what it could potentially be and i'm extremely impressed and it even seems extremely shocking that i'm the guy the idiot fumbling around on the camera um and, you know, you kind of think, man, why, why is that me there? Because this is, you know, it's just, it's seeing yourself from the other angles when you're doing something outdoors that you love to do 
is not something you ever really get, right? You never get to see the other angles. You just see your first person view and that's it. But but to be able to see that from other angles and somebody create something really cool and make you look like a bit of a superhero out of the deal, it's it's pretty flattering and it, it feels really good to, to, to see that final product. And again, where there's definitely imposter syndrome with that and watching that because it doesn't seem like that's me, right? It doesn't, it's not my... Um, it's not the way that I envision myself. Um, but I, but I enjoy a lot thoroughly the way that it, it turns out. And it's, uh, it's really great. I'm, I'm loving the way that it's going and what we're able to produce. And I just hope that we can launch these things real soon and, and start getting some, some good feedback. So, yeah. So I, I understand, I think I understand like the messaging behind what fed by fire is all going to be about, but like, can you maybe tell us like what, what's the purpose of it? And I, and I'm asking this because I got a, a future question here when it comes to creating uh, content for social media, et cetera. But like, what is the purpose of fed by fire? Uh, there's, there's probably a bunch of different answers to that question, but you know, back, back to referencing the um, article that I wrote there about the, the deer fat, the purpose for me is genuinely to share um my experiences and and I, I that sounds just super egotistical i hate the way that that sounded um but sh- sharing um and inspiring others to just do stuff because without you know having anyone to look at um or to inspire me to do things in many different ways right like not even in the outdoor space like a person like gary v there was a t- point in my life where that was like highly inspirational and this is a guy who's saying F you to everybody and everything and just do your thing. Um, I want to inspire people to do that. I want to inspire people to quit their day job if that's what it is, right? And uh, to pursue happiness and the things that make them uh, tick. And I know that that's not something that's easy for everyone to do. And maybe it's not even possible for everybody to do. But if I can inspire people in some sort of way to just do something that they're passionate about, and that sounds so cliche, but it really is the most important thing. It makes you a better person, makes you a better friend, makes you a better husband and dad and all of those things. And uh, if you can have that sort of freedom for me, the worst possible thing, um, you know, in my life was probably school because it was a system that I didn't fit in. And then going into the, the workforce where it was nine to five with a lunch break every single couple of hours for 15 minutes, uh, or, or a coffee break and then lunch break and then a coffee break and then you get to get, go home working for the weekend. It's just not for me. And I think there's a lot of people that, you know, um, feel that way and they just don't know how to get out of it. And for me, the outdoors is that escape. And, and when I started realizing that and realizing that the outdoors is the escape, but it's the thing that gives me life, how can I turn this into something that is constantly feeding me and I can feed it because I think it would be, foolish to take from it and to not give back in some sort of way and it does seem silly that my way of giving back is by showing people how neat it is that I get to spend a lot of time outside um but in reality I think it does create an escape and for me to have that escape as a kid growing up whether it was just watching a super simple short 20 minute fishing show on Sunday mornings um or being able now to watch YouTube and watch you know whatever it is that you can just turn on and escape and imagine yourself in that space uh it's it's not easy and when the conversation always comes up to like oh how do i do this financially and and you have to be able to free your mind of all of that you have to be able to free your mind of 
of the what ifs and uh all the negative stuff and just dive into it and it's it's again it's not easy and it is a struggle but if i can inspire people to spend more time doing things they love whatever it is right if you like accounting great not for me but do something in the accounting space that makes you build an abacus or something right <laughs> but whatever that might be um i just want to be able to yeah inspire folks to to you know be better because when you're around people in that space too that uh you know they know what makes them tick and you may have a day job but you know that man i need to get outside on the weekends and the evenings and, and get the most out of my short amount of time on this planet i want that to be real quality and valuable to other people when they get to dive into those experiences right on um and i kind of mentioned that i had kind of had a future follow-up question here and i'm gonna ask it now um we kind of talked about catch and cook we kind of talked about a little bit of um fed by fire and i guess there's a lot of people that that do want to do something with social media or do something with their with their uh, accounts or, or do a youtube channel or podcast or whatever it may be and it's to the point now like we get questions uh from people like oh like how like what do you do for this or what are you doing with your merch and like and we're totally fine answering any question but if someone came up to you and asked you and i'm asking this question i'm sorry this is kind of a long-winded question but i'm asking this question because you're been very like a really well or how do i say this a very good resource for panoramic outdoors when it came to getting into the media world. And I always remember the one thing that you always told us, or you told us right from the start is like, if there's one person that likes your post or a million, it doesn't matter. Just keep doing it. Keep doing it. If this is what you want to do, keep doing it. But if there was someone coming to you and asking you, um, like, what do I got to do to get into the media world and the outdoor world? Like, what would, what would be some of your advice? I think that advice is exactly you can't say the, the same, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know that the answer changes. Right. The, the... This podcast timeout is brought to you by Wolove. If you haven't heard of Wolove, you obviously haven't listened to any of our previous podcast episodes. But Wolove is a huge supporter of Panoramic Outdoors, and they are a merino wool that you put on your body. They have a bunch of base layers that you can wear um, doing anything outdoors. We wear them all the time, hunting, fishing. Uh, outdoor like going camping doing whatever we got to do and we always wear them they're really good because they they wick away the moisture they keep you warm when it's cold um, and you can basically wear them anytime you're outside but right now they've actually have another sister company called Northwall, and it's really exciting because their friends at Northwall that's basically just been launched and it's uh it has all the advantages of the merino wool with 100 percent wool base layers from Wolove and it adds the flexibility and durability of spandex to create a premium mid-layer that will keep you warm, comfortable, and odor-free so you can squeeze out that extra time on the ice, hunting, snowmobiling, and doing all the things that we love to do. Northwell performs best as a mid-layer and will also perform well on those cooler days as a base layer. It can even be worn on its own during the spring and fall. So they got a couple garments there. They got a men's quarter zip up and they also have a woman's leggings, which are high waisted. So you don't get the extra exposure from the unwanted chills. And um, as always, the products are backed by Woolove and Northwall. So you don't have to hesitate to reach out if you have any questions or concerns to them, or if you're looking to get into them, give us a DM. But thanks a lot to Woolove uh, for all your support. And right now you can use the promo code panoramic 10 for $10 off your first purchase available on Amazon or through www.wool.love. So just look for the North Wall project and the promo code is only valid on wool.love site. Thanks a lot to North Wall and to Wool Love. 
the hardest thing, and everybody's heard this before, and uh, and I know that it's it feels impossible when you don't have a plan, um, but you have to take that next step. If if Jay and I sat there in that ice shack that day and talked about catch and cook as we did and never took that next step, we wouldn't have had a, a year of learning and building something that is so small still, but way bigger than we ever thought it would be in the first year. And now we have thoughts that, hey, this might be something real big at some point. And if we didn't take that first step of making some sacrifices with our time and some cash, putting it into that and, you know, finding the tasks that we hate, learning more about who we are and, you know, delegating those tasks and putting our time and efforts into where we feel we're most valuable. Um, it's, it's all a gamble, but you can take some calculated risks, right? And I would never suggest to somebody to just quit their job and go start playing outside. Um, there, there needs to be some sort of plan and you need to set some sort of goals and have an idea of what that looks like. Um, and, and, you know, I, I dwell pretty well in the free falling space. Like, Hey, there's pieces falling and I'm going to pick them up and catch them and, and do something with them. Um, that's not for everybody and not everybody can think on their toes real quick and that's fine. Um, but I think that you need a plan. You need to know what you're really, really good at and you need to know what you absolutely suck at and you need to be super comfortable with, um, with failing miserably. And if you're comfortable with failing miserably um, and you know that, you know, over the course of your whole life and I've, you know, painted this picture many times there's going to be peaks and valleys for sure. Like that is, that is a definite. And if you know that that's a definite, when you're in a valley, you just got to start climbing and climbing your way to the top. And when you get to the top, you're going to fall again. And that's part of the process. It's not a bad thing. It's not a negative thing. I spent many, many years falling, being stuck in a rut and feeling like that was it. You, you're surrounded by these heavy tall walls and you're sitting in the bottom of this pit and you can't see outside of it and there's a solution to everything right um so if you can learn to be comfortable with that that's that's a skill set that we really don't have like again school does not teach you these things these are life skills that uh you can come out of university with a business degree and start up a business fail miserably and think that it's over um but if you had the you know the assets in your toolbox from the beginning that you're for sure gonna fail and that's okay because that's how you learn um which again i was never taught i learned the hard way <laughs> uh and 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 again that's that's totally fine right like just being comfortable with who you are knowing what you suck at knowing for sure that failures are all around you and failure is not a negative thing it's it's painted as as this real wicked thing in the world we live in because um we're born and bred in this system of, again, the school system and then the work system and everything has to be the same. Everything has to be nine to five, nine to five, nine to five, five days a week. You get your weekend, you get a little bit of satisfaction and, uh, and you go back to it. And if you start looking outside of that, looking for other options, there is a whole world of opportunity out there. And it's crazy that when you start doing things on your own, 
there's no like a seven a seven day week doesn't exist i i haven't functioned on that in a long time and it feels really good like you do things when the weather's right or you do things when you feel like doing them and you work super late some days and some days you don't at all and um it's uh yeah it's 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 great but you definitely need those like those starting blocks know what you're good at know how you absolutely suck at everything and uh and focus focus on what's gonna you know work and keep on going and embrace failures because failures are coming and that's good i feel like you're looking right at me when you said those last two sentences about <laughs> sucking just, and failures yeah specifically at uh at both both of you guys yeah i i uh i want to follow that up with like uh man I, I don't think you could have said that any better and i i think like you said the world kind of sets you up for being feeling shitty for failing failing and uh it's almost like you know you, you do something you fail and and the fingers point at you being like aha you suck you know give up kind of thing but yep. um and i know through like your mentorship I can say, and like uh, through through this whole process we've been doing a panoramic, and through other my other life experiences here, I'm trying to grow some other businesses and whatever it may be. The failing is where I learn the most when I'm in the valley that you're talking about. When 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 I'm when I'm going striding high, that's when I'm I'm pretty much already doing stuff that I've learned, and it's just come together and it's working out. And then when you start going back down again you've you've almost pinnacled to the to the stuff to to do everything that you've learned and now you're trying to go further and you're learning something new again and you're failing but you're learning and then you're like you said you're going to come back up and if you can be happy like wearing a coat of mud and know that hey this is a lesson man that is such a good feeling because it doesn't matter what anyone starts throwing at you it, it just won't stick right and you have to stop beating yourself up when when you fail at something too i mean there's you can you can fail epically in a lot of different ways and the worst failures are the ones where you let people down you know for me anyway like if you're letting people down around you that's that's a pretty bad failure you know uh because now there's all these other other elements um but if you're failing on yourself you gotta just have that strength and and the 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 tools in your toolbox to brush yourself off and uh, pick yourself up and, and get back at her. And I think, you know, as a society, we would benefit greatly all having that as an asset. Um, And unfortunately we don't, you know, like it's so easy to get into the business world or start something up, fail. And then, ah, shoot, it didn't work. I'm going back to the nine to five thing because that's the system that we're in, right? We're born and bred to be in that. And it welcomes you back with open arms, but it also welcomes you back with big, a big hug of unhappiness. And, um, for me, for me anyway, I'm not speaking for everybody. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's just knowing what you're great at. You can thrive, obviously working in a nine to five, working for somebody, um, and do really, really well and find value and find your, find your place. And that's great. If you're, you know, satisfied with that, that's so good. And it doesn't matter where you are. It's just a matter of, you know, knowing what you're great at, excel at, at that, and sometimes it's hard when you're, you know, interested in a lot of things. I've always been interested in a lot of things. I've always been pretty good at doing a bunch of stuff and I'm decent at doing a lot of different things. Um, and, uh, 
realizing that and then deciding I'm going to do something that leads on the fact that I like a bunch of different stuff. I'm here one day and then I'm gone for six days and then I'm back and doing so many random things. And I love that. Like that variety keeps me going, knowing that there's something different coming next week and the day after and the day after that. And uh, if I was working a job that had that type of variety, man, like working for a company or whatever, I would, I would just absolutely love that. But I hadn't found that when I was in the kind of general workforce and uh, it just led me down the path of, of finding, you know, freedom in, in kind of doing my own thing and um, working collaboratively, collaboratively with others and focusing on what I'm good at and just really saying, no, I can't do X because I'm bad at it. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting and uh, very well put. Um, but moving on, we got to move on. <laughs> yeah, we're moving on. Yeah. <laughs> we're going up now. Yeah, we're uh, let's get out of this uh, valley. Get ourselves out of the pit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I just kind of wanted to maybe catch up with you. I know Chase has a, you know, me and Chase were kind of wondering what you're up to this fall. You kind of mentioned uh, some stuff about you know cooking, still doing the cooking thing on uh, social media. Do you do any hunting this fall? Yeah. Um. I didn't get, I, I got off to a real good start, um, opening archery day and, uh, hunted with, with Ian from mass there fed by fire. And we, I bet we were in the stands for, Oh man, a couple of hours before he let an arrow go and got a real dandy velvet buck. And, uh, that was a, you know, that felt like the season was, was going to be good. The beans were still in the field. Everything was green. It was hot and um, we we got that deer cleaned up and uh, all of the desire to get back out was there and made it out a couple times. Um, nothing really connected. And then all of a sudden there was snow on the ground and I had to, I, I had to try to fill a tag. Um, so went out to that same property and uh, sat for a few hours and called like crazy we wanted to um you know we wanted to put in the play the whole call as much as possible um because in the hunt media space if you watch youtube hunt videos um and try to learn like oh like how often should you call when should you call you hear everything and everything contradicts everything else uh don't call a lot you don't want to spook the big ones um and what kind of calls to use? Oh man, do a sequence. You know, you got to rattle and, and do a couple of bleats and grunt a few times so that the deer that are around, they think there's a real racket going on, right? They want to know, you want them to know that there's a hoot nanny around the corner. So they come in all curious and such. That's and the secret code. That was, that was like, we had never done that, you know, like, let's just call like crazy and see what happens. Um, because observationally, whenever we see, deer in the woods and they're making a racket whether they're fighting or grunting or bleeding they seem to be doing it a lot and when they're fighting they fight for a long time so why would we do just a you know a 10 second rattle sequence when we could do a 10 minute rattle sequence so we did it and we had so much activity and i had so many opportunities i missed a buck that walked past me because i was playing on my phone um he walked right beside me I sat beside a, a real nice rub and there were multiple rubs and scrapes around and he walked. Yeah. From behind me right past this rub and within 15 yards and I had a muzzle loader and uh, missed him. Cause I had to figure that whole 
song and dance out. Um, I was wearing a real premium cover-up product at the time. So he didn't really know what was going on and took a few leaps into this open meadow, sat at around 50 yards. I took a fairly quick poke and missed, which I feel silly about. And he didn't really do a lot, uh, walked away into the woods, gave me another opportunity, sat there and watched me reload a muzzle loader. And I was pretty, I was camoed up really nice. And I was sitting behind a little uh, fabric blind that I threw up around the trees and watched me reload the muzzle loader, walked around. But we were convinced that because of all the calling that we did, the, the, the shot didn't scare him away at all because he knew that there was a party going on and he was looking for it. <laughs> so gave me another opportunity through a bunch of brush at around 80 yards. And uh, I had clipped a tree branch or something along the way there and, and he was gone. And then right at last light, um, the snow was falling super thick. It was hard to see, but there emerges this buck after, again, a lot of calling had happened and took another poke at around 100 and so and got him and that was it. So got a pretty decent buck and um, cleaned him up where we hunt is fairly close to where Tom Myers taxidermy is located. So brought, brought it over to Tom and he's working on that Euro right now for me and i can't wait to see it it was a nice nice deer and got the meat in the freezer and yeah it was all just great great experience so hunting hunting this fall was great i had a pretty busy fall i was in bc for a little bit and i had some other projects that i was working on that distracted me um also did some good fishing through the later season which was nice um but yeah it was a different fall than what i'm used to but that's great like the every yeah. every fall is different and opportunities change and i like chasing different opportunities so i was kind of all over the map but still was able to get it done and um put some quality game in the freezer and that's a good thing yeah talking about like calling and rattling and stuff um quick little story is that i was my cousin came out and we hunted for four or five days straight and it was i think it was our last night he was leaving the next day and our, um, we sat all day in this blind and our plan was is like around three o'clock I was going to walk to another blind if there wasn't much activity happening at the blind we're at. Anyways, three o'clock rolls around and uh, we decided there's a couple deer out like kind of roaming around and we just decided, you know, we're going to both stay in this blind. And right before last light, like a group of about seven or eight does came out and then this decent buck comes out behind them. And we're just kind of sitting there watching them. They're about 300 yards out in the field. And I said to Quentin, I'm like, hey, man, like grab the horns and rattle. Let's just see what happens. Like, you know, so he rattles and we called like rattled that buck in from like whatever, 350 to 380, 380 yards all the way into 60 yards, walked right by the blind, went around us like same kind of thing like just w didn't want to disappear like he was there looking for something so it was really cool because I've, I've never really i've rattled lots before but i don't really know it's like oh a deer showed up was that because i was rattling for two right. minutes like yeah. i don't know but like i rattled watching the deer walk like come across like it was super cool yeah i love that when you can see them and know that you're having some sort of effect on what they're interested in that's that's how you know you're doing something right. And it's yeah. really tough to find that information and to learn from that till you actually experience it. And again, every hunt is different. Some days the, you know, in the rut, the bucks are hot. Sometimes they're not right. And the ones in your area may not be as curious as, as, uh, uh, as you think they may be, but when that works out, you know that, okay, I've got some confidence here. It's like fishing with that lure that, you know, you know how to work it properly. 
And when a fish hits it, you know, you're going to get the right hook set in because you're used to that bait. Uh, it's just, it's a, it's a very much a confidence thing. And when you can build that, um, and, uh, yeah, build from that experience year after year, it's pretty cool. That is awesome. Um, I got something kind of to chat about here. I want to, it kind of circles back around earlier to like, um, you talking about, you know, uh, Caleb as a cameraman and being able to, to endure the elements and all that. But, uh, there, there's lots of people out there now that are spending a lot of time outdoors with a camera, whether it's capturing their own stuff or trying to catch, capture somebody else's stuff. And, and, uh, just from my perspective, of doing it on my own end, you know, it, it's a, uh, it's a bit of a struggle at times to a find the right equipment and B, how do you, how do you, uh, make the most of it? Because there's a lot of stuff that affects it. Like cold temperatures will destroy your batteries very fast. Um, you know, you got to worry about, I, I had an issue this past year season when I was doing some filming about, uh, you know, bringing my camera gear in from, uh, outside when it was like minus 15 into my truck and my ND filter was like completely fogged on the inside and, and totally like crapped out for the rest of the day there kind of thing. So, um, what are a, some, some gear tips and some other tips and tricks that, uh, you could toss in the, in the pot here to, to people that are learning. Yeah, I think it kind of comes back to, um, just doing it and, the best teacher is experience. And I think, I think if you want to start, you know, if you want to start capturing your adventures and sharing what you have going on um, with others, or even just keeping it for yourself as a memory, you learn how to do that stuff by watching others and by actually handling the camera, right? If you have picked up a camera for the first time, watch your footage back and realize that, oh, this is a little shaky or it's overexposed or, whatever it might be. And it looks different than what I've seen and what I really liked. Well, start learning what those factors are and changing that, right? Like learn how to expose properly, learn how to get better audio um, and, and kind of build off of that. Um, I'm not one of those people either that needs to have the best of the best. It's like, whatever you have now use that, but use it well Um, and take an old, you know, dirty old camera out of the drawer at home and figure out how to use that well and if it's uh if you can create something good with that then you can create something good with better equipment for sure but there's no need to go and invest in anything crazy it's just um learning how to steady your hands learning how to get that shot learning what different lenses can do for you and and um you know create different visuals with that when it comes to the the angles of those lenses and the different exposures and all of that it's like yeah, you're not going to, um, you're not going to learn without putting your hands on the equipment and, and actually doing it and just brushing up on those skills, make something better each time you go, get better at the audio side of things, get better at the camera handling things and get better at um, just, it, just practice, right? Practice and practice and practice. And uh, you'll eventually learn what a good frame looks like and how to tell that story a little bit better visually. And, and that's it. It's just the, the biggest tip is just do it, do it and learn and don't just fumble around doing things the same way. Because, you know, if it's your first few times grabbing a camera and doing something, you're not good at it, right? Like you, there's no need to be cocky. You might really like what you were able to turn out, but you can keep on getting better as time goes on and just figure out what those little things are 
to make your product better. Um, that's, uh, yeah, just self-awareness there too, right? Like being self-aware that, Hey, I'm not the best right now, but I'm, I'm looking to do things better and just keep on training. That's it. Words of wisdom right there. And the big thing too, you know, with that is just, again, like not being afraid to put something out, like don't get in your head. Content is a burn and turn game. If you're going to put something out, put it out. And if it's not what you think you should be putting out, no one has the expectation that you're the best anyway. That's all in your head. So put it out there and no one's judging. And if they are, forget them and uh, just keep on making your product better because that's the only way you, you won't get better without feedback either. So just hit the, hit the send it button and just give her. Haters going to hate, yeah. man. Haters going to hate all the time, man. <laughs> and, like, and honestly, like, correct me if I'm wrong, because I know we've done it or I've done it a few times is like, you take a bunch of pictures at doing something and then you're like, oh, I'm not going to post this yet. And then you kind of forget about it. And then, then you're posting something the next week. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you got it, you might as well throw it out there and put it on somewhere. Um, because I know like even in some of my stuff, I got some pictures here at, like I'll save these for later and I still haven't even posted about them and I kind of forgot about them. So yeah. Anybody that's out there doing social media, if you take some, take some content, put it out there as soon as you can. Feel forget about yeah, it. It's better to just burn it and learn something from it because you may think it's special, but nobody else does. Right. So like, yeah. get it up, get it out there. And <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe somebody else will see what you saw, um, which is fantastic. And if they don't, meh, like who cares? Or just, just keep on, keep on trucking. Yeah, just be like you and send it to me via text every week. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what's uh what's your TikTok game like? Uh TikTok has just no attention of mine. I, I it's, still it's hard, eh? Not that it's hard, it's just No, it's hard. It's it's hard to put attention into something else. And I I appreciate TikTok and definitely should be leveraging that in some sort of way. Um it's a different platform for sure. It's a different animal. Um than uh than what we've been used to in the past and uh not that it's new anymore really but um yeah it's just a different platform you got you sort of have to pick your platform and if you can get on everything great um but uh but yeah it's not today i see tiktok for me as something that i'm not really posting on a lot um but i go there to see what other people are doing and to get inspired based on not necessarily on content but just methods Mm-hmm. and uh i look at that and then again i i land there if if someone's sending me tiktoks i land there for a good chuckle every now and then but uh but that's that's pretty much it yeah same 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 we have a little tiktok account and man i've been kind of posting on it every once in a while and it's it's tough like you don't get the love like you do on instagram that's for sure and like you might post something you're like man this is a wicked video and you'll get like like for us like not many likes and then you post another video you're like this is two times as better like i'm gonna get twice as many likes and then like 15 people watch it and you're like what the fuck you know it's just it's so yeah. weird yeah it is yeah it's a it's a space meant for something to go viral and crazy and get shared a ton and people to watch multiple times and i think in the food space that's great there's a lot of great food creators on there that are creating loops that um work really really well where they're showing the final dish and then going into the technique and they're doing some voiceover um and i just haven't i just haven't uh dabbled yeah yeah for sure well i don't want to take up too much of your time and i'm gonna slide the mic over to chase here to maybe we'll do a little bit of round table and chase, unless chase you got some more stuff to talk to josh about no i'm pretty much wrapped up man um 
thanks Josh for coming out and joining us tonight. Um, I have been having a blast watching, watching this stuff come, come down the, the pipe from you. And, uh, and, um, I don't know if we've ever, how much we've touched on it in the past, but, uh, for those of you listening, probably picked up that, you know, you've been a, a pretty, pretty significant mentor in like, uh, in our journey and someone that we can lean on too, if we ever have any questions. So thank you there. Um, I think, uh, your, your impression on me anyways, goes, goes larger than just the company here. So, um, I think that's super cool. And, uh, yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks, thanks, I'm, uh, thanks for yeah, I appreciate that. I'm really good at giving opinions and, <laughs> and sticking, sticking to them. And that's one thing is just confidence to make a decision is, is so huge. The theme of everything we've sort of touched on here too, is just confidently move forward, make a decision, you know, fast decisions are okay at times. And sometimes that's what it is. Like, you know, many conversations that I've had with your whole team has been or have been around like, Hey, call him A or call him B. And when you hear someone tell you confidently, call him B, that that's what exactly what you needed to hear. Um, either one pro- were probably fantastic options, but being able to just have that clarity is really great. And, and when I use people as sounding boards, much like you guys and other people that are in my life. And uh, I just, I just really want someone to give me uh, to help me narrow things down and to push me in a, in a direction. And if you put that energy into either direction, it would be successful. Um, but, but again, sometimes you just need that uh, hammer to fall and for somebody to say, do this one and do that good and go for it. Like, don't, don't be afraid. And, um, and, and yeah, that's, uh, it's definitely a skill set that, that some people have and some people don't, but um, being good listeners is also great. You guys are really great talkers and great at vocalizing, you know, your thoughts and opinions and telling stories and all of that. And you're also great listeners. And, and that's, uh, that's great. You know, like a, a good mentor is somebody who takes pride as well in seeing success in the people that they're teaching and also takes pride in knowing people who are good listeners and, I've learned so much in my life by being a listener and I, I pride myself in that too. And, uh, it'll, it'll take you a long way to, you know, if you humble yourself and realize that it's okay to ask questions and it's okay to listen. And even if you don't follow that direction, um, move forward with something and, uh, you know, you can't be too good to take advice. So, um, that's, uh, yeah, that's a whole very important part in the whole program. And you guys are, you guys are doing real well with that. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, so this is my part of the roundtable. I'm starting to think maybe we should change the name from roundtable to like tummy sticks or something because it seems like we just pump each other's tires up <laughs> whenever we get together. But um, but no, like I just want to, yeah, same thing as what Chase kind of said, man. Josh, you've been a, you've been awesome for us. You you always always uh, basically uh, someone to listen to what we have to ask or any anything that we need uh, advice on. So thank you very much. And and again, thanks for coming on to our podcast. Uh, like I said at the start, I think this will be your fourth time on here, and it's not because we're just good friends. It's it's because we make good content when we get together, and I know a lot of people like to hear uh, what you've been up to, and it seems like sometimes when it comes to the, the social media world, you put out a lot of content, and then people are like, oh, so what's Josh been up to? It's just like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. He's yeah. got this project Well, half on, the time, half the time I don't know what, what I'm up to, so it's, yeah. uh, it's nice to be able to have the conversations and, and look back at at some of those things because there's yeah there's a lot going on all the time 
and um yeah anyway yeah but yeah thanks a lot for coming on and um all the best on the hard water and i guess um hey we might as well just say too you're in for our ice fishing event yes that's true so anybody that's listening to this we are doing an ice fishing event tentative on january 15th josh is going to be there he's going to bring some catch and cook out there Uh, maybe cook up some some food for anybody that wants to fish and it's free so if you guys are interested in that event um dm us and we'll let you know what's going on come catch some walleyes sounds fantastic carry on josh have a good night yeah you guys too thanks a lot for having me on appreciate it thanks again all right guys if you've been listening to the podcast here for a while you know that iHunter has been a huge supporter of our podcast so big thank you to them if you don't know what iHunter is it is a mapping app that you can have right on your phone it is the all-in-one hunting app for hunters across Canada right at your fingertips we're talking map customization uh, waypoint sharing all kinds of stuff you can have at your fingertips along with all that um, you're able to access satellite maps and uh, integrate different layers on your mapping uh, platform so they have base map platform to begin with and then they have the public land subscription that will give you all of the public land stuff and then they have a landowner subscription where you can buy landowner maps across whatever province it is that uh, that you're living in along with all that they have uh, up-to-date weather updates like I said earlier sharing and messaging uh, devices and you can run this without any cellular service so it has been a huge tool in our toolbox of our hunting gear and it's helped us out in in many ways so um, if you don't have it yet check it out the base map layer is very affordable to get into and uh, you can level up from there if you're interested in getting a discount on the public lands maps Head over to their web-based platform, web.ihunterapp.com. Use the promo code PANORAMIC30 to get yourself 30% off of the public land subscription. And uh, also check out the landowner maps for you there. And while you're on that website, you could also transfer all your waypoints over from your old GPS onto this new platform. So you have them right there for the next time you hit the field. That's web.ihunterapp.com. Well, that was another great interview. I have a really fun time talking with Josh. And not only that, like me and him, all of us, we're all good friends. Me, him, Chase here, Tristan, we're all good buddies. But when we can sit down and like talk a little shop and kind of, you know, talk the ins and outs of social media. And every time we talk, I always pick up a thing here and there. Yeah. Um, you know, and and take his word for what it is. And it's uh, it's always a pleasure to have him on. Yeah. It's, it's uh, like a... As many conversations we have with him, it's not too often that we get to see that side of him for that long either, which yeah, is cool. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, it's just it's just been super cool uh, witnessing his journey through his life since since we've known him. Like he's he's done some really big stuff as of late, and it's it's uh, it's pretty cool, man. I'm, I'm super pumped for him, and I hope things keep going great for him. Like he's got the right yeah. mindset for it and, and he's got the right personality and I think he's doing some awesome stuff. 
Yeah, and I think like um, he kind of downplays the fact that like Mediator picked up this thing that he did. Like, I think it's super cool. It's like it kind of like reminds me of you know just like almost like getting scouted out but in a different way like somebody's seen his stuff and like that was his goal probably forever is just to create content and get people to see it and keep growing it right and those are steps um that are going to probably make him go a long way and i'm so happy for him and jay that they came out with catch and cook i'm happy for you know uh the fed by fire thing for them you know and even jay doing some some work with me Eater on youtube and stuff like happy for all these guys that are, are super local you know like we've got a lot of good talent and um a lot of great outdoors people up here in canada and it's almost like our market's a lot smaller than down south so it's really cool when when some of these people are getting noticed mm-hmm. that it seem like your neighbor you totally know? totally yeah um but speaking about neighbors um, another segue here. I think that everyone that's listening to this podcast should buy their neighbor uh, a new toque this winter. And we've got a lot of them in stock. Oh. We've got, uh, yeah, how was that for a segue, Chase? <laughs> um, we've got some toques in stock. We've got uh, like our tradi- or not traditional, our signature toques that are coming. We've just got them in. I got the email today. They're in. So I'm going to get them shipped to our, our warehouse. And they should be in the store hopefully by mid next week. We also got some beanies that are going to be there as well. Um, those coffee cups like Chase was talking about earlier, we've got those in our store. And, of course, we've got everything else that we've always had, like our hats, our signature hats. We've got hoodies, crewnecks, buffs. Um, we've even got patches that you can sew onto your backpacks. We've got stickers and decals. Do we have many stickers and decals left? Chase, we got a couple. Know? we got a couple left, yeah. yeah. We're, we're running short, but we do have – those on order so they'll they'll be in right away quick as well but to anyone and everyone that has bought some from our store thank you from from all of us at panoramic it's been an, an awesome year um getting our product our merchandise out and watching people like take pictures on the internet like on on social media and posting it we love seeing it so keep doing that keep tagging us in your stuff we try to share anything that gets tagged so um if we if we do miss one, we we apologize, but we'll get you hopefully on the next one. So keep tagging us, keep wearing our stuff. It it goes a long way. And anybody that's listening to this podcast, we just ask you. We want a Christmas present from you because all you freeloaders are listening to this for free. We want you to rate us five stars, send us a comment. <laughs> How about that? I'm the Grinch this Christmas. Just help us out. And, Good segue. And, uh, yeah, great segue. <laughs> help us out. Give us a rating. And that's on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to. Or even just tell a friend, text your uncle and say, hey, listen to this. Amazing. Thank you very much, everyone. We love you. Aren't you going to say your three things? Oh, yeah. Keep your Leatherman sharp. Keep your uh, keep your auger blade sharp. And uh, freshen up that gas. Don't forget your cookies for Santa. Bye.